0: Welcome to the Settle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. Today is November 19th, 2023. And the leaves are piling up, along with the narratives and schemes. If you're new to the Subtle Cane podcast, thank you for gracing us with your virtual presence. If you're a returning listener, thank you for your continued support. It is much appreciated. This is episode 57 of the Subtle Cane podcast, Interview with Terry Wolf. Terry is an independent researcher, author, and a regular guest on Hervoye Morich's TNT radio show. I actually had the pleasure of speaking to him the other night, and we had a great discussion about his book, Fire in the Rabbit Hole, and some of his other work. The book is focused on the many rabbit holes we find ourselves tumbling down in the age of information warfare and the dangers of becoming too engrossed in the world of conspiracies and subjective truths we find ourselves in. Let's get right into it. Today, we are joined by Terry Wolf, author and independent researcher. I just recently read uh, your book. Fire in the Rabbit Hole. So I'm excited to talk about that and whatever else you got going on. How are you doing today, Terry?
1: I'm doing great, Aaron. Thanks for uh, for inviting me on. I I did write Fire in the Rabbit Hole, you know, a couple of years ago. And uh, one of the things I really am proud of about it is that it's getting more traction as time goes on because uh, people are realizing, you know, as they find out about it, that, that the things I was talking about are Increasing in relevance, I think. I mean, a lot of it came out of me being on TikTok. You know, I I was I had over two hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Uh, I was getting a lot of followers every week and everything, and talking about these different conspiracy theories, these different uh, topics that were sort of on the fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I noticed that you know, as you're trying to raise awareness of these certain big issues at the time you know lockdowns and and uh the economy all these types of normal topics people were talking about there were these rabbit holes and nowadays it's very common for people to sort of brag that they're going down a rabbit hole i don't know if you've noticed that but
0: i have um, yeah and i would say that this has definitely stood the test of time if not become more relevant um i just wondered probably well certainly some of my uh Producers have heard of you, um, but I, I did want I wanted to ask you to just if you could give a little background about who you are, uh, how you got into writing and and sort of your just a, a general background and then we can dive into the material more specifically. I just want to give everybody a good idea of, of where sure. you're coming from.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a little funny story because um, I started my online writing with um a video game fan site it's still around you can still go there it's called the uh, metagearsolid.org it's uh, if for anyone who's familiar with the metal gear solid video game series i was a super big fan of that when i was younger um, i was active on in that community and i had a lot of analysis and theories and the metal gear solid series is a highly conspiratorial video game series it actually is a, made by a japanese creator He pays attention to American politics and talks about he wrote he made a game in 2001 uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 that predicted basically everything we're seeing right now with um, online censorship. This is way before YouTube and social media even existed as we know it. But he was already predicting that there would be, you know, this social media age where. Uh, the government would want to step in and censor what everybody could say and that they would try to use AI to do it. A lot of really cool themes. And so I was picking up on that and talking about a lot of that on my website, along with just video game culture and all that kind of stuff. And then that led to some of my fans saying, you should compile all of your articles into uh, a book. And so I was getting into conspiracy theory stuff. I figured it wouldn't really work to just compile articles from a website because you got a lot of links, hyperlinks, you've got a lot of embedded videos and things. It doesn't really work in a book format. So mm-hmm. my first books was actually, my first two books were actually metal gear solid related. They're called the Kojima code. And the second was called a stealth game. And I, I still recommend people who are a fan of my work, go back and check them out because they have a lot of cultural commentary and, and actually some history lessons on conspiracy theories and things that tie into the cold war, And, uh, you know, the history of American intervention around the world, which are all tied into the themes of the game. After that, I I think that basically took us up to 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, And, of course, the lockdowns happen, everything changes. And then I I figure it's high time to, in my mind, sort of stop holding myself back by having to work through this, (laughs) the commentary of... Of, of video games and just sort of go right for the throat, go right for the most important things that actually matter the most to me, which is, you know, the, the big questions of prophecy of, you know, the, the global conspiracy and not have to try to work it through this other angle. Yeah. And uh, so I felt kind of liberated by that. And that's when I wrote the book, maybe everyone is wrong revelations, conspiracy and the kingdom of heaven. And that I had been studying prophecy and i've been a christian you know my whole life and i was interested in that kind of stuff and to my surprise you know i made a tiktok account trying to just explain the book just give away the information you know my my theory my interpretation Mm -hmm. and i was really shocked that it really caught on um people were like just eating it up wanting more asking for the next one i don't know if you've you're familiar with you know how tiktok usually works but it's very rare for a video to have like a part 2 or even especially a part 3, right? Like nobody mm-hmm. wants to come back for multiple parts on TikTok. It's very disposable. People are just <laughs> scrolling through. Yeah, single <laughs> serving. Yeah, my series on revelation ended up at 140 some parts of, you know, consecutively explaining this theory and people were like i can't give us part 150 like they were just like dying to get the next one and i was getting like thousands of followers a week and uh, alex jones played my clips on his show several times and a couple of different people on the infowars show were playing my clips that were warning about uh, green carbon control uh systems that were coming in green credit cards and the idea that we have to have a climate lockdown um, mm-hmm. that was going on, you know, a couple of years ago already. Yeah and so it got it just got this huge traction. And then out of nowhere I got banned from TikTok. No warnings, no violations, just a classic, you know, somebody pulled the plug on my account. And um that's when I decided to write Fire in the Rabbit Hole. Cause it was okay. like I had seen so much on TikTok. I'd been exposed to so much confusion. You know, people are asking me a lot of very good questions, but I I just realized that there's this hunger for truth and this alternative truth out there. Yeah. But people don't know where to look and they're getting led into these rabbit holes that ultimately are twisted somehow. There's something wrong with it. And I think there's a fake truth movement that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And those of us who are trying to sort it out, especially if we've been around for a while and we've been doing research for, over a decade, as opposed to a lot of these people just woke up yesterday and they're just suddenly trying to find their bearings and like, okay, I can't trust the government, I can't trust the media. Now what? And they're just jumping headfirst into some ludicrous, you know, dead ends. And uh, and I want to warn people about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's great. One of the um, one of the things that struck me when it, when I read this book, which uh, it, and it's not a very long book, so I hi- I highly suggest um people that are interested in the in this subject matter, take a look at it. I had it done in I think two or three days tops and that's with working. So I was just gonna read the back. I don't want to be uh, too lengthy, but I, it, it would it does such a good job, the description on the back if you don't mind yeah. um, or, or part of it at, at the very least. Um, be careful what you believe. Millions of people are seeking unofficial truths today. Well, what if the awakening turns out to be the greatest deception of all? And uh, I suppose we can get into the what the rest of the back of the book says, sort of as we go. But I think that that is a real danger. Um, this idea of the wake, the awakening, turning out to be the greatest deception of all. And I found this book to be very intuitive uh, from a from the perspective of a Christ follower. I thought you were um, very intellectually honest and also. Um, very honest about your faith, and you took a strong uh, stand for Christ and, and in the book. And you also obviously had done your homework. And, and, I, and I love how you weave scripture throughout, as well as um, cited sources where you got information. So I wanted to start with maybe talking a little bit about the idea of the wolves in sheepdogs' clothing. You could expound right. on that concept.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the sort of, uh, one of the best ways you could undermine the truth movement would be to have gatekeepers and people who are, uh, presented as being the, the alternative media that are actually controlled opposition. I mean, that's sort of the, the term that gets thrown around is controlled opposition. And, mm-hmm. um, I believe that that's a a very strong strategy happening right now where certain people are comically persecuted and and targeted and they become a byword in the media and stuff like that. I think Alex Jones is actually I mean, I've watched Alex Jones for probably 15 years um, on and off. But at this point, like I I don't I can't tell if he's doing more harm than good. He's, He's he weaves in so many crazy things into what he talks about and it's almost like just a discrediting effect mixed in with some like and then on the other hand you've got somebody like ron paul or somebody who's just been consistent for like you know 50 years straight and he's just using common sense and he's he predicts things and 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 so you have to try to sort out you know the sheep dogs are supposed to protect or are supposed to protect the sheep and um what if they're actually trying to lead you into some sort of weird uh almost like a cult you know it's that's what i find i i, I mentioned lynn wood yes. as mm-hmm. an example and he's using all this christian rhetoric he uses bible verses his telegram channels i don't know if it's still around but it's got you know the, the, last time i checked it had hundreds of thousands of followers and all this chatter around it and it's a q QAnon um channel that's talking about how, you know, basically Trump needs to come back and, and uh, have a mass genocide and, and nuke parts of the world and just, you know, just kill people and just like uh, some sort of bloody revolution that needs to happen. And mm-hmm. it's being seamlessly mixed together with Christian rhetoric. Like it's, And for those who don't know better, you know, there's a lot of baby boomers, a lot of you know, I I don't know, I don't want to stereotype, but it's like there's a lot of people who weren't paying attention for a long time and now they're all angry and they want to have a a retribution. And you listen to Trump's campaign rhetoric. I've mm-hmm. listened to he he says, I will be your retribution. If I get elected again, I'm going to, you know, get vengeance for you and things. And this this is the kind of rhetoric that I don't go for as a Christian who does believe in prophecy. I don't need a strong man to come in and save the world. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ to come back and, you know, do his thing. And and, yeah, I don't know if you have other examples that come to your mind from the book, but I mean, these are the big strokes.
0: I think um, one one point and I do, I do have some other examples, but I, I think one point that you, that you make that is, that is very important is that um, people are rightly, Disenfranchised, and they're and they're rightly seeking answers, and and so there's a lot of justified anger about what's happening in the world, and and what uh, I think you're drawing attention to is that is being co-opted, um, either intentionally or with with people that are perfectly well-intentioned but are deceived themselves, but are yeah. very charismatic or um have enough of a of a grasp of the fringe of what might be true that 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 they keep on seeking but there's all these injections of of this new age mysticism and this idea uh I, one person i don't know if he was in the book or not but one person that comes to mind right away for me is uh russell brand now i like russell brand as a person i think he's entertaining i think he's funny i I think that he's definitely part of the problem when it when it when we're talking about this idea of, you know, hello, my however many million awakening wonders, and all this idea right. of the the heart chakra and the idea that, that we just have to vibrate at the right frequency, which you which yep. you address. Um, people like David Icke or um even the Joe Rogan experience. Um, if if you want to talk a little bit bit more about the other characters that you've...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's for sure. That's the kind of stuff I was... I didn't know how seriously to take all these different characters until I was, you know, this rising star on TikTok. I got, you know, some of my videos were getting tens of millions of views and truly going viral. And I could see basically it having an impact and things. It was really amazing to see. But then... You know, when you're in that position, people are sending you, you mm-hmm. know, that they're concerned. They're sending you clips, and they you, they want you to react to them, and they they're trying to get on the same page. And they they were seamlessly believing that I was compatible with something like, you know, Russell Brand or something, where he's talking about he'll talk about the same thing, and yeah, yeah, sure, we're both against whatever the thing is, whatever the conspiracy is. Mm-hmm. But look at what his conclusion is. His conclusion is raise your vibration let's all just be one you know uh, higher consciousness entity and that all religions are sort of superficial and we just need to have a you know it's kind of this oneness message that um is growing in popularity right now where they're mm-hmm. trying to break down distinctions and break down all categories and they're supposed to have this sort of vague a new age resistance to well really to all tradition and all um objective classical truths i mean it's really a reality bending post-truth world that they're aiming for so uh, that's where i got to realize that this is a very serious thing like i never took russell brand seriously because i've always been interested in like getting to source documents and you know, listening to real whistleblowers and stuff. And he always just seemed like sort of, you know, popcorn, you know, (laughs) commentary, like really worthless. I don't, I, I can't, I never get anything from him that I couldn't have gotten 15 years ago from somebody who was doing real journalism. And, but like Jordan Peterson, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson in some ways, some of the things that he tackles. um, But he kind of has slid into that same mode a lot of times. And, he kind of evangelizes this psychedelic new agey sort of stuff as well, where the Mm -hmm. fringes of science are getting really blurry right now. You know, the, the quantum field mechanics and how that affects consciousness and that reality itself is all just vibrations. And, Oh, what do you know? That's what the new agers say about, you know, the, the ultimate truth of their religion is that, we're all just vibrations and that those who operate on the highest level, you can, Oprah talks about this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. decades ago, you, you attract, you know, reality to yourself. You manifest your own reality by just thinking about it the right way. And I remember a classic uh, interview with Oprah where somebody was challenging her on that, or the author of the secret or whatever the book was that Oprah was promoted back in the day. And there had been some horrific tsunami on some you know asian country and the person was like so are you saying that those people uh their negative thoughts are what caused the tsunami to come in and and kill them you don't have any sympathy for them because you know they were just essentially doing it to themselves through their manifesting and stuff and she said yeah they're they're they must have been having tsunami like thoughts to attract a tsunami to come and kill them and so you know, essentially she's a a billionaire because she had billionaire thoughts and so she deserves it. And the people who die from a typhoon or a hurricane or something, you know, well, sucks to be you. You should have listened to the secret. You should have manifested a different future for yourself. It's just this heartless, satanic, you know, cold uh, philosophy when you dig down into it. And I have examples in the book of, of some of the other authors and stuff in that category, where if you really dig into it, Um, it's this very calloused, I'm afraid to see what the world would look like if that really caught on, Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot of victim blaming. It's actually very much serves the elite corrupt point of view that you manifest the future. Well, in that case, by that logic, all of the evil people who are in power, you know, they're just playing the game better. They're just manifesting better. And you should, if you want to be like them, you should just do the same thing and, and so I want it's to. It's very expose- convenient if you're if you're at the top of the pyramid. It's yeah, exactly. It's a convenient
0: philosophy. It reminds me a little bit of the condition apophenia, um, and that's that's sort of the tendency to perceive uh, like meaningful connections between unrelated things. I think is how it's de- defined. It, it's like the concept um, version of pareidolia, where you look at you look at a cloud and you see a cow. Right. Um, It's this idea that you can, well, people do. And I think that's why people get sucked into these rabbit holes. um, And and I've been guilty of it myself. I'm certainly not on the soapbox here. But you can get sucked in because you, you find these connections and they might not actually be connected the way you think they are. But it's so easy to use that confirmation bias that we all have to project more meaning into things than there is. And when you have someone that's very, uh, charismatic and, and has your attention and they're very alive and, and they seem confident, like they know what they're talking about. It's very easy to fall into that. uh, Yeah. that's
1: That's a theme in the book is fast talkers and, um, con men and the irrational. Like I, I feel like, um, I'm kind of in the minority of people who I, I personally believe that we're not at all in a, like there's this sort of this, st- st- I feel like in the stereotypical big picture view of people's world, we think that we are much more rational than people in the past and that the materialist scientific world is sort of dominant and that people are rationally weighing things. And, and that's just sort of because we have technology and we have engineering and clearly there's there are people using materialistic objective truths to construct the world we live in uh, that we must all be at some point of progress compared to the past and i'm very much the opposite i feel like we are one step away from full-blown human sacrifice paganism uh like it's like i don't want to exaggerate to the point where it seems comical but like In Britain, you know, there are university courses, not studying occultism and studying witchcraft, but courses to become witches, courses to enroll to become a legitimate certified occultist and like witches and stuff. And you have all over culture, if you're looking for it, that's the thing, people just aren't really looking for it. You have these warning signs that we are deeply irrational superstitious um paranoid and these rabbit holes that one of the reasons why i wanted to shine a spotlight on it in the way that I did and and sort of connect these like you said connecting things that don't seem to be connected i mean there is a value in doing that if there really is a connection behind it and mm-hmm. um and that's why it's so tempting to go full-blown you know history is a lie and we can't like every there's the earth is flat there's you know everything is just a illusion and a smokescreen and stuff you can go too far in it and um and so what i was trying to do is to show that actually if you go back you can see counter movements that have been trying to undermine sort of the western pragmatic rationalism and um, it's basically a military psyop there is an agenda to create the age of aquarius the the new age that is what the new age is it has a name it's the age of aquarius there's the famous song that it's like a joke but behind that the movement before that leading up to that is all tied in with theosophy it's tied in with uh rosicrucianism and masonry and these other cults that you know go by many names they're it's basically just the same small group of people calling themselves different things mm-hmm. but they basically want a post christian post-rational world where we slide back into feudalism we slide back into a a totally irrational a dogmatic uh cult-like society where you can have a top little technocracy of controllers masterminds billionaires stakeholders you might call them nowadays in the close schwabian world we live in Mm -hmm. and the rest of the serfs the peasants They don't want us to be educated. They don't want us to be able to sort out fact from fiction or understand even the shape of the world or anything like they would love us to be steeped in conspiracy theories that are bogus, irrational and play up our rather than saying, trust the media, you know, trust CNN. I don't think they're trying to get us to trust CNN anymore. I don't think they're trying to get us to trust schooling anymore. I think they're, trying to pull the plug on, on rational discourse altogether and get us into the QAnon-like world of of mystery and intrigue and use that against us. Because if they can't push us one way, they'll pull us the other way. You know, they, they want us to be yeah. extremist somewhere in there. And just being a rational Christian who reads their Bible and does their research and finds source documents, that's terrifying to them. Short value-for-value break here. The Subtle Cane Podcast is a
0: value-for-value operation and is brought to you by me and you. Not some corporate executive advertising team that has its own interest as its number one priority. That means no one can pull me aside and say, hey, Smith, don't talk about that. It's not good for the brand. Things like that can make honest and open dialogue in the arena of ideas quite taxing. That also means that this is not a profitable venture for me. And that's okay. That's not why I do it. But it would be much appreciated if you would consider contributing your time, talent, or treasure to the effort. You can do that by following the links in the show notes to my PayPal or Give, Send, Go campaign. Any little bit helps. And with that in mind, I want to thank Jason for his donation of $5. I missed it on the last episode and I didn't want it to go unmentioned. I really do appreciate every single gift. I also need to thank my producer in Houston for keeping me honest and for always helping me with editing and professionalism tips. Now, every one of you has contributed your valuable time, and, and for that, I am so extremely appreciative. Never doubt that. You can always email me at subtlecane at protonmail.com. That's subtlecane at protonmail.com. I also have a telegram now and don't have any idea what that really means or how to use it to be honest but it's a thing andrew hoffman was kind enough to add me to the revelations radio news group and uh, i suppose the expectation is that i learn how to use the platform and i guess i'll get there but be patient old dogs and new tricks and all that but let's get back to our interview with terry wolf here we go you use a metaphor um on page five of your book, it's, it says, here is the metaphor, the ark of truth floats in the ocean of confusion. And you talk about a comparison in sort of the days of Noah. And you talk about the comparison of the the grounded Christian um, staying in the, in the ark of truth, being the gospel, and being able to float around in this sea of chaos that we're thrown into in that I like the idea of being rooted, but then when I read that metaphor, I thought, "Well, that that does seem quite appropriate." And, and I and I thought that was, I suppose, clever would be a, a more of a cynical way to look at it. I thought it, I thought that it was a very wise.
1: Um, yeah, that struck metaphor. me at some point, and uh, it, it was kind of a profound thought to me. Is that because I've also thought of um, being immovable as being the the hallmark of a rational sort of grounded person but in in a time when you know all information war is warfare and knowledge is warfare communication is warfare um everything is turned into psychology um you know d- divide and conquer all these things i i feel like it is best to not be attached to anything except that which you are the most certain of and in that sense you are like a boat that's floating on water where you trust the boat you don't trust the water you know you don't you're not mm-hmm. i'm not gonna stick with any political party i'm not gonna stick with any celebrity any i'm trying to reduce my commitments to the absolute core and at the absolute core of what I, but essentially what i have is the bible and the gospel and, and i don't know who else or what else to trust it's like but I will trust in that. And then as long as I have that, I can go anywhere and I can explore anything and I can, you know, talk with anyone and, uh, and not be embarrassed if it turns out that, you know, oops, Trump actually is the one that does the lockdowns and, you know, destroys the economy and prints trillions of dollars to bail out the top 500 companies and destroys our, you know, creates hyperinflation on these things. I don't have to then defend Trump and say, you know, well, the media hates him and, and Nancy Pelosi is worse. And uh, like, no, I don't want to be part of that camp. I don't want to be part of that argument. Like, you know, Alex Jones, is has he done a bunch of good? Yes, you know, and I appreciate that he played my clips once or twice. And I, they never contacted me. I'm not going to, I'm not affiliated with them in any way. But, you know, like, I, I hope he finds his footing and he does a bunch of good going forward. But if he turns out to be, completely off his rocker and he just is full controlled opposition. I I give some examples, some, some, uh, food for thought, some warning signs in my book about some of the things he said, like him having, he, he fired what I consider to be the number one contributor, David Knight of a Christian Mm -hmm. libertarian, very rock solid, very common sense warned about Trump before anybody on the alternative media was, was, saying anything bad about Trump he was already warning that don't get too caught up in Trump politics and stuff fired him and then hired david ike to be one of the main contributors and david ike you know is full blown reptilian uh you know new age consciousness we can transcend the speed of light by meditating kind of stuff like it, it that's to me the, an example of somebody who i once really looked up to and i would have said 10 12 years ago like oh yeah just watch alex jones he'll tell you what's going on he'll he'll fill you in on what's important even mm. sometimes he uses christian rhetoric you know so great but yeah the, uh, the steve Peacen- is it peace nick uh, a is how you pronounce Pechenik. it thank you
0: thank you What's butchered that one uh so dr steve Pechenik, um you you had that um you talked about him and your connection with uh, Alex Jones that you made.
1: Yeah, that was a revelation. Um I, I noticed that Steve Pachinik was on Alex Jones's show uh increasingly and that they were having weird arguments that seemed to transcend the the topic at hand, that there was some sort of greater tension going on between them. And you I, I give examples in the book of um basically Steve Pachinik takes credit for creating Alex Jones. Um, and uh, having been the military Pentagon insider decades ago, uh, like pre 9-11, basically feeding him scoops and insider information to create the legitimacy of Alex Jones and says that he used Alex Jones as a mouthpiece for basically the resistance within the, the Pentagon, the military side of things. They basically picked a loud mouth, you know, radio alternative media guy who was willing to sort of investigate anything Alex Jones was pretty fearless and basically say like we'll feed you the information we want to give you we'll build up your credibility will you will then be our mouthpiece and at some point Alex Jones became somewhat uncontrollable his ego got a little bit too big and Steve Pachenik tried to whack him down and and you know put him back in his place and stuff so I have a whole analysis there. Of course, it's just the theory. I mean, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't prove that that stuff was happening, but based on the quotes and stuff that I found, uh, yeah, there's definitely a reason to believe And Steve Pachanik, for those who most people will not know who he is. Uh, I believe he was the right-hand man of Henry Kissinger in the department of defense or state department or whatever for, for, uh, you know, I think like two decades or something like that, like a long time during very many, Crucial international crises that he calls himself an expert in psychological warfare, in coup d'etats. Um, he helped ghostwrite some Tom Clancy novels. Um, he's actually a very interesting character if people want to look into him. And that's one of the reasons I felt like I had to uh, include that in the book as well.
0: Yeah, helped help develop the mandate to create the Delta Force and some of the other quick strike special forces units. Um. now not to not to pivot too hard but I wanted to touch on the uh, go back to a little bit the culture war aspect of things and, and how we're being moved to a position that I, I suppose the term I, I really liked that I read somewhere was gnosticism, and you hmm. made a connection with the Marvel universe and how this melding of Science and mysticism that has started to creep more and more, which does touch back into the the old vibrations and um, quantum physics and stuff. Quantum physics, the whole that whole host of rabbit holes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, go ahead. No, I I just wanted to I wanted to have you elaborate a little bit on on uh, on that aspect of let's say the 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 way culture is being influenced through not just these people like the Brands or the Joneses and who, who as we've established, may very well be totally well-intentioned, but, but deceived nonetheless, how the culture wars are playing out in entertainment as well. I thought the Marvel is a, is a very good example of that, and I noticed it uh, personally, but I wanted your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it can be a little bit hard for, you know, guys, of those of us who are older and, um, you know, pretty well established in our worldview to consider that for young people uh, who are literally their entire childhood now is just Marvel movies and, you know, their parents who are, you know, guys our age or whatever would have taken them to movies and, you know, just sort of trusted that they understand this is just cool fiction. This is just, sort of a uh, pop culture filler it's not serious whatever but you combine stuff like the marvel movies where they seamlessly blend ancient pagan religions like obviously norse religion thor and stuff like that with uh high-tech science and super scientists and then witchcraft literal witches and demons and stuff like that with the uh, you know wanda and dr strange and whatever and so they're blending it all together. It makes for a good spectacle. personally, I enjoy a bunch of those movies uh, because I remember the comic books, and uh, you know I'm just a, a fan of a well-done movie. Um, mm-hmm. and, but when I think about from a young person's perspective that they are steeped in new ageism, in TikTok, in the counter so-called counterculture, That's the thing about the culture wars is that we have this counterculture that is very sexy. It's very, uh, you know, seems to be very uncontrolled and organic, and and yet subtly it's all pointing in sort of the same direction of this merging of breakthrough science with occultism, with uh, the New Age, and you can actually see if you look for New Age gurus and, and Far Eastern mystics and whatever they're doing victory laps right now because they're mm-hmm. they're looking at what so-called you know western science is discovering and they're saying see this is what we were telling you the whole time you know we were telling you that your consciousness can transcend time and space and you can you know that objective realities were einstein was wrong and the, not, i don't care about einstein i'm not not trying to defend anyone and their theories but um yeah, what I notice is that the culture war is actually red hot and it's not between, you know, Fox News and CNN and sort of these boring old categories of which side are you on? It's actually much more interesting of a this so-called counterculture. I also use the example of a, a band that I've loved since I was a teenager, Tool, mm-hmm. um, Maynard James Keenan and stuff, where, you know, that just seemed like it was very provocative Cool progressive metal stuff back in the day. Now I look back on it. I look at the lyrics and the the trend and what it fits into, and I realize that was that's part of a movement, part of the new age movement to plant all these seeds. The messages being planted are actually part of a coherent, deliberate, patient strategy to knock down these old categories, introduce again the the idea of the meditation and uh, psychedelic drugs and Anything that really puts you in a transcendental state, a, a uh, exp- consciousness expanding experience, near death experiences are also very valuable oh, yeah. and highly prized in that whole category of thoughts. So these things are very sexy. They're very like nobody is calling them out. And even when you do call it out, you just sort of seem like you're uptight and you're, you know, you're not willing to. You know, like Joe Rogan, that's one of the reasons why he's the most number one podcaster of all time is because he's just so easygoing. You know, he's just uh, loose and uh, free and he's a free thinker. He's not bound by categories. So you don't suspect him of anything because he just seems, in Russell Brand, he just seems like he's whatever. He's easygoing and, and he'll have anybody on his show. And, mm-hmm. and yet you see these glimpses where they hate Christianity, they hate the Bible. They will say horrible things about it. they'll be totally wrong in what they're saying, but they'll just they've actually got a very strong agenda. they're You're just not noticing it because it's packaged so well. And that whole movement, pop culture has not trained us to recognize those threats. They've trained mm-hmm. us to recognize like the matrix and you know, certain other visions that are very stark and and stick in your head. But the rabbit holes that I sort of talk about in the book are, much more subtle, and they haven't. Nobody's been raising the alarm around them.
0: And and to touch back on on uh, I suppose on an avenue off of that, an offshoot off of that is this idea going back to let's say the the merger of ancient pagan gods and science. Is you you have things like the Graham Hancock's and the uh, Stephen yeah. Greer, Doctor Stephen Greer, and and the ancient aliens, and that that whole mentality is being, I see it, I see it all over the place. This idea that there's um, this master race, and I remember reading, quite a while ago, a book by David Hunt called The Archon Conspiracy, and I thought that was awesome. I think I was probably even a teenager when I first read that, and that was very similar to Dr. Michael Heiser's facade.
1: Uh, series, right? Oh, you're but, actually familiar with that?
0: Yeah, I have it here. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the late great Dr. Michael Heiser and Oh, great, uh, his, me too. And his work. Um, but one of the things that sticks out to me, and I, I kind of wanted to bounce this off of you, was we do have these 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 clowns, um, like the Klaus Schwabs and, and the and the Bill Gates, and the, these these characters are they're so um, Obnoxiously, they, they just look like the bad guys to me. I don't I don't know if it's like my own. Yeah, they're like old-fashioned But You know, you see like the picture of Klaus Schwab, and you listen to his voice when he's in his like satanic-looking robe, and you're like, is this really or or the the Clinton family or the Bushes or whatever? You see these these characters or or the George Soros and you think if you could wash all this away and bring in these enlightened masters who have this new plan, we'll wash all this filth away, the the filth of Sauron away, and then we'll start up with this utopian green new agenda. And you talk about the pale green horse um, of the apocalypse. And so I, I, I wondered if you had the same, I get the sense you did the same sort of take on, on this idea of a, the Great Reset, maybe not including someone like Schwab, even though he's pushing it, maybe him being washed away in this new, new, new coming in and yeah.
1: uh, rejuvenating so that, yeah. us all. Exactly. Yeah, the, the false dichotomy of uh, the alternative, the awakening, what I say, I think I say in the book is that, you know, the Great Awakening and the Great Reset are the same thing, mm-hmm. um, that you know, the idea, the great reset is there to terrify you. It's there to play up and play into all of the stereotypes that they've been programming us to watch for, for 45 years or however long, you know, all these classic science fiction, you know, movies that were warning us what it would look like when the bad guys get in power, they're doing all of those things very consciously, very We live in the age of the most sophisticated psychological warfare and marketing techniques, Mm -hmm. subconscious level you know pre-programming and all this stuff And, and yet they're doing things so blatantly that the most dumb uneducated person on the street is starting to wake up and realize that it's evil and that they need to resist it like that is not an accident they are setting that up to be one side of this false dichotomy so that you gravitate to the joe rogan you gravitate to the the side which might not and i don't think joe rogan takes his orders from the cia or anything cartoonishly like that you know there's there's a way in which the counterculture can be guided through influencers through internal processes behind the scenes uh just trends and and all these things that uh yeah the, the great awakening becomes this alternative and then all the people who are uh preppers or their conspiracy theorists or whatever you know they're supposed to all get together into this one big camp that camp then gets co-opted from all these different angles by what i I think one of the general themes is new agers Uh, but Mm -hmm. like for example i was uh i was doing a tiktok live stream uh you know after i got banned i made a new account and i got back over half of my old followers so i still have I think 145,000 followers or something on TikTok. So I, I can still have some decent live streams and have some good conversations and stay in the loop somewhat. And I was just, you know, I was literally just doing like a Bible study because I do a lot of that on, mm-hmm. on TikTok and somebody came in complaining about a certain chapter of the Bible. I don't remember which one it was exactly. I think it was the book of Romans, but it was anyway, the the chapter where Paul says to uh, obey the government and to you know, uh, obey those who are in power and whatever. And they were really harping on this as like proof that the Bible is, you know, is doing a more harm than good. It's a bad influence. And I'm like, where, who are you? Like, where are you coming from with this angle where you come into my stream, a Christian stream doing a Bible study? You clearly don't know what you're talking about, but this is just like a talking point you have now, to try to bash christians with and when i did some digging and i and i asked this woman i actually invited her on as a guest so she could talk to me um you know i i just kept asking questions i didn't push back too much but in the end i i asked her you know do you believe that uh because she was talking about these alternative systems right basically the awakening this Mm -hmm. this new paradigm we could create if only we could get rid of these old institutions and christianity is one of these old institutions that needs to be you know, swept away because of the Catholic church's abuses and just, oh, all the division in the, the Protestant side of things. Yeah. And then I asked you, so what do you think about the age of Aquarius? What do you think about this idea that, you know, if we just had this big reset and we had basically a population collapse combined with a complete governmental collapse and religious collapse and all these things that we could start over and then we could implement this beautiful future with these new systems. And she said, yeah, that's, That's what I agree with. That's what I believe in. And I kicked her off the call and I said, see, there you go. You know, Mm -hmm. they're infiltrating into, you know, for as many followers as I have, I'm a very small, random TikToker, you know, in the big scheme of things, they're just filtering in everywhere. They're everywhere, you know, trying to persuade people at a grassroots level. Like, I don't think that person was paid. I don't think they're. You know sent into my stream by someone's orders to this is just here now this is just the culture that we live in we're surrounded by them these people are being convinced that we do have this beautiful future waiting for us and they're going to start revealing more cold fusion and alternative power sources and these wonderful things that we should be theoretically excited about yeah but they're going to introduce it as part of the great awakening The UFO technology, that's the Stephen Greer stuff, Graham Hancock talking about these ancient civilizations that had all this hidden technology in the pyramids and ancient superpowers that the government is hiding from us. I believe that's the other side of the false dichotomy, that they want Mm -hmm. us to abandon traditional systems, abandon getting local leadership, voting in your local elections, having civic participation and stuff like that. Get rid of that, bring in this uh, giant collapse, and then on the heels of that, create their their new paradigm, which will be then lumped in with what is effectively demon worship with their psychedelic drugs, their uh, altered states of consciousness, where you open yourself up to foreign spirits and alien consciousness. As I found out from doing research for the book, that the the Gaia network and all of these different very popular Mm -hmm. new age, uh, movements that are very well funded and very profitable. Uh, you know, that's where, that's where that leads is the idea that you're supposed to meditate and reach out with your third eye to not God or not, uh, even a, a, a holy thing or anything, just alien consciousness, these ancient aliens that seeded life on this planet and are waiting to come back and gift us all of these Wonderful technologies, if only we took care of Mother Earth better. It's a it's mm. a strange, disturbing uh, vein of thought, but it's actually so. There are millions and millions of people converting to that cult essentially right now, yeah. all around us. Well, we have a you know we have a, a spiritual battle, and so
0: when you look at the long game, let's say you're playing chess. Uh, from a spiritual battle sense, you're talking about uh, decades and decades of strict materialism, which is now collapsing on the scientific front, on the narrative front, on the people have a lack of meaning and meaning making in their lives, as Matthias Desmet points out. And we have, uh, we have an innate need to worship. It, It built into our souls, I believe and and when we've been, unmoored from our from our actual roots or from our from our arc and, and we're floating around on the seas of chaos. It is so easy to want to reach out for whatever there is floating amidst the, the sea of chaos and try to grab onto something so we don't drown. And I see our society, especially um, Western developed society We've become so engrossed in our technology and in our materialism and in our lack of meaning and our nihilism that in all of this uh, programming that the world's going to end, you're going to die of a pandemic or a natural disaster or this thing's going to kill you or that thing's going to kill you. And there's always some monster in the bushes waiting for you. And, and it just drives people to look for something, and if and if they don't find the truth, they're going to look for something that transcends what's right in front of them, and and I think that I think that you really grasp that in your book. And page ninety nine, you say that you you're going to quote fight for my right to believe in fewer things, and I thought <laughs> that that yeah. that's actually a a brilliant strategy because it is when when you're someone who's seeking truth and and you really are looking at the world and you're asking honest questions and you're trying to figure out what's going on because what you're being told doesn't make sense. It's so tempting to get pulled down any one of these rabbit holes. And, and there's very, very convincing arguments that can be made. And we have the apophenia effect where we're making these connections that maybe aren't there, but we want them to be there. And and so I really appreciate the work that you're doing and um, highly suggest this book. I haven't read any of your other books yet. Uh, Hervoye told me about you um, when I spoke with him recently. And um, so I was very thankful that he um, brought you to my attention. And um, I, I bought this book right away and, and read it. And I had to reach out to you right away. And, I, and I'm very grateful that you um, were, were willing to come on. I'd love to talk to you again sometime. I want to ask you, what's on your front burner right now? I know you're working on some projects. Uh, what, what can you tell us about what's on your front burner?
1: Right now, I'm uh, knee-deep, if not more, into writing uh, another book called, well, I'm not going to give the title because it might change, but um, <laughs> it's going to be about uh, the beast from from b- the Bible, the the beast system, as I call it. Mm-hmm. And trying to debunk a lot of the misconceptions around it, a lot of the pop culture assumptions around it. Um, you know, spoilers, I don't believe it's the Antichrist. I think that's a simplified cartoonish misinterpretation of a much more interesting commentary the Bible has on history and on empires and on uh, you know, it actually sheds a lot of light on how we got to where we are in modern society to understand, the beast system and um i do believe there is an end time figure like the antichrist but that that has been blown out of proportion by uh lazy bible researchers and so i want to debunk some of that and ground people in a really rich interesting history of the roman empire um and how it connects the time of jesus to the time of you know the modern day mm-hmm. And, um, and and how we got to our modern secular financial sort of uh, global banking cartel uh, world system, because there are actually very interesting, direct connections all along the way. Um, and so that, that's a very rewarding. I think that people will love it once that is finished. And I'm fingers crossed I could finish it by the end of the year. Uh, that might be a little bit optimistic, but that is what I'm working on right now.
0: And where can people find you? What's the best way to find you? You, I mean, obviously you have uh, various social media. Is there, is there a centralized location for your, for your different platforms or.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty simple websites, basically a landing page with everything links to everything. It's just wolfpox.com. That's my, my online handle that I've used on YouTube and on TikTok and everything. It's an old username from when I was a teenager, basically, but um, I still use it. It's, dot com. Okay. And uh, I'll have a cool. link
0: in the show notes too. I'll have links to some of your stuff in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. And, and for those who want, uh, who use Substack um, and you want to, you know, get on the newsletter, the Substack thing, I have winterchristian.substack.com. Uh, so that's my, that's my Substack. And I have written uh, quite a few articles there that I'm proud of. So I, I hope people check out the Substack.
0: Okay. I will, I will include a link, uh,
1: as well to that. Any last thoughts? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I will reiterate what it says, you know, right on the back of the book, uh, be careful what you believe, you know, in, if you're a Christian, um, we believe that your beliefs actually matter, you know, that you that God pays attention to what is in your heart and what you believe, what you affiliate yourself with. It matters where your loyalties lie um that's part of the beast system i mean it says those who worship the beast um are the one are basically in more danger than anyone and so to understand you you have the right to believe fewer things you can have a core set of convictions and beliefs that you stand by that no one can shake you from and beyond that you can just say i i indulge opinions <laughs> i humor points of view but what you actually identify with you don't have to jump on anyone's bandwagon don't worship celebrities don't worship politicians don't um you know i warn against even nationalism you know i think nationalism can do a lot of very practical good but you know why affiliate yourself with a nation state that changes management every four years and can you know has such a dirty track record and all these things just my advice is to Love God, put your loyalties in the smallest and most certain thing you can, and let the rest flow, and, and be an observer of it, and not uh, a flag waving fanatic for anyone or any institution. And uh, and I think that's how you keep sane as the rational world gets, you know, blown apart by by all these uh, interest groups that are trying to collapse our system right now. I think that's going to be a key part of staying sane in the uh in the unfolding chaos that we're we're witnessing right now
0: sound advice thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today terry um i i sincerely
1: appreciate it and i and i will be reaching out hopefully we can talk again this has been great well thank you very much i'm uh i'm glad that hervoy march he's a very interesting smart person and uh and he has seen you know for the for the conversations we've had he's started to recognize my that the stuff i talked about was true you know it's like yeah he's becoming increasingly aware that um the things i was warning about are are coming to fruition and so um i give him a lot of credit for uh you know supporting me and and humoring my point of view because uh it takes a while for people to see these things sometimes but um i think those of us who are intellectually honest and sincerely seeking the truth we we uh, like to work together and we we end up coming to some common ground that uh, you might not expect at first. It, it can be counterintuitive, counterintuitive at first. But um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on and, and hearing me out. Wonderful. We'll talk again. Thank you. We're all on a journey through this life. And I know that if you found
0: your way here, that you're someone who is interested in seeking truth and piercing the propaganda. And it can be difficult to sift and winnow through the many narratives and schemes we see. As I've said before, clowns abound. We live in the age of information warfare, and each of us needs to know what really matters to us. Terry's metaphor of an arc of truth on an ocean of chaos reminds me that no matter what is happening around us, if we follow God's plan, we will weather the storm. I end with this quote from Nikolai Berdyaev. Utopias now appear much more realizable than one used to think. We are now faced with a different, new worry. How to prevent their realization. For all you listening, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. God bless, and good night.